Book One, Chapter Eight of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Andrus. The League of the Scarlet Pimpernel by Baroness Orksey. Book One. Sir Percy Explains. Chapter Eight. The Laridans, anxious, obsequious, terrified, were only too ready to obey the citizen representative in all things. They explained with much complacency that, even though they were personally acquainted with Jeannette Mercal, when the citizeness presented herself this very morning without the ring, they had refused her permission to see the brat. Chauvelin, who in his own mind had already reconstructed the whole tragedy of the stolen child, was satisfied that Marat could not have chosen more efficient tools for the execution of his satanic revenge than these two hideous products of revolutionary Paris. Grasping cowardly and avaricious, the Laredans would lend themselves to any abomination for a sufficiency of money, but no money on earth would induce them to risk their own necks in the process. Marat had obviously held them by threats of the guillotine. They knew the power of the friend of the people, and feared him accordingly. Chauvelin's scarf of office this curt, authoritative manner had an equally awe-inspiring effect upon the two miserable creatures. They became absolutely abject, cringing, maudlin in their protestations of goodwill and loyalty. No one, they vowed, should as much as see the child, ring or no ring, save the citizen representative himself. Chauvelin, however, had no wish to see the child. He was satisfied that its name was Lenoy, for the child had remembered it when first he had been brought to the Laredans. Since then, he had apparently forgotten it, even though he often cried after his maman. Chauvelin listened to all these explanations with some impatience. The child was nothing to him, but the Scarlet Pimpernel had desired to rescue it from out of the clutches of the Lairdans, had risked his all, and lost it, in order to effect that rescue. That in itself was a sufficient inducement for Chauvelin to interest himself in the execution of Marat's vengeance, whatever its original mainspring may have been. At any rate, now he felt satisfied that the child was safe, and that the Laridans were impervious to threats or bribes which might land them on the guillotine. All that they would own to was being afraid. Afraid of what? queried Charbon sharply. That the brat may be kidnapped, stolen. Oh, he could not be decoyed. They were too watchful for that. But apparently there were mysterious agencies at work. Mis Mysterious agencies. Chauvelin laughed aloud at the suggestion. 
the mysterious agency, was even now rotting in an obscure cell at the Abbey. What other powers could be at work on behalf of the brat? Well, the Laridans had had a warning. What warning? A letter, the man said gruffly. But, as neither my wife nor I can read, well, why did you not speak of this before? broke in Chauvelin roughly. Let me see the letter. The woman produced a soiled and dank scrap of paper from beneath her apron. Of a truth, she could not read its contents, for they were writ in English in the form of a doggerel rhyme which caused Chauvelin to utter a savage oath. When did this come? he asked, and how? This morning, citizen, the woman mumbled in reply. I found it outside the door with a stone on it to prevent the wind from blowing it away. "'What does it mean, citizen?' she went on, her voice shaking with terror, for of a truth the citizen representative looked as if he had seen some weird and unearthly apparition. He gave no reply for a moment or two, and the two cadets had no conception of the tremendous effort at self-control which was hidden behind the pale, rigid mask of the redoubtable man. "'It probably means nothing that you need fear,' Chauvelin said quietly at last. "'But I will see the commissary of the section myself, and tell him to send a dozen men of the Charette along to watch your house, and be at your beck and call, if need be. Then you will feel quite safe, I hope.' Oh, yes, quite safe, citizen, the woman replied with a sigh of genuine relief. Then only did Chauvelin turn on his heel and go on his way. End of Book One, Chapter Eight Recording by Linda Andrus